just to give you a kind of a you know overview of where things stand with coronavirus, uh, let's take a look. There are now over 156,000 cases confirmed across the globe and more than 5,800 deaths. Spain is now in lockdown. France and Israel are closing restaurants and other non-essential businesses. And here at home, the numbers continue to climb. Take a look at this map from last week. And now there are more than 2,900 known cases in 49 states and Washington, D.C. That's every state except West Virginia. At least 59 deaths have been reported. Our fight against an invisible enemy has turned life in America upside down. Mass gatherings put on hold. Almost 26 million students are out of school. And more and more of us are working from home. So uh, that was from ABC this morning. Uh, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to pretend to, you know, be able to expertly tell you what's going to happen with coronavirus. What I can tell you, um, it's actually personally affecting my own family. Thank thankfully, um, nobody has tested positive for it, for it yet in my family. Um, as far as I know, no one even has symptoms yet. But in New York in particular, I live in New York City. Uh, in New York, the real uh, cluster of this is in Westchester County, which is about a half hour from New York City, where my older brother and his wife and two children live. Literally, the containment zone is like two miles down the road from where they live. Um, so it is, you know, the National Guard has been sent in to my brother's town, basically. And my brother has, you know, two young children, uh, including a one, my one-year-old niece. And he is having to still go from uh, Westchester, where there's this big, big cluster in New York of coronavirus, uh, every day to and from New York City, and obviously uh, for, for his job, and obviously, you know, going into New York City in an office, New York City, you're around a lot of people in your office. We don't know how are those people getting to the office, uh, his colleagues at work. Are they taking the subway? Are they taking bus? Who are they around? It is such an unknown. Even if people aren't in your office are not exhibiting symptoms um, yet, that doesn't mean they don't have it. Uh, and my brother, you know, he's 36, so obviously younger. But imagine if you are uh, my brother, and I'm sure there's many, many people like this. Imagine if you are my brother who has two young children, a five-year-old and a one-year-old. And a, and a one you'd be very afraid, especially if you are living in Westchester County where that cluster is. Imagine not just the fear of catching it, but the fear of giving it to your young children. So that's... What's going on with my brother right now? He's very, very anxious. I don't blame him because, um, you know, young children, although according to the data, are not being affected. Uh, that doesn't mean as a parent you're not deathly afraid uh, to contract it yourself and, and pass it around your young children who you're feeding, you're playing with, all those things. So to me, the responsible decision and a lot of people would have say, well, this can't happen in America. This isn't a communist country. This isn't an authoritarian country. First of all, it is. It's just a quieter form of authoritarianism. Uh, go look at my videos from Standing Rock if you'd like any on that. To me, the responsible thing to do is, bottom line, quarantine the whole country. That might sound dramatic, but I'd rather a dramatic response to this than to end up what Italy looks like right now because they didn't do it in the first place. Right now... Every single person should be working from home that does not need to work in an office. Obviously, doctors, nurses cannot work from home. Um, there is absolutely no, no common sense why restaurants are open right now. I fully understand that this is crippling for business. If you have to close your restaurants, if you have to close your small businesses, this is why, this is why Bernie has such an opportunity tonight because this epidemic, this pandemic, is showing the holes in our system that have been created by the Republicans and the neoliberals like Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi. Why in America do we not have paid sick leave? Why in America do we not have safety nets where if, for whatever reason, there is a health catastrophe, there is a pandemic that people get immediately, this is the situation you definitely want 
UBI, universal basic income, and cash payments, or you know, cash whatever, going straight to the American people to pay for their needs, groceries, medical supplies, you name it. This is where that is crucial. You know, what this is showing is that the fetishizing, the complete fetishizing of corporate America that our Republican Party has had and the Democratic Party has had basically since the 1970s. Corporate America will not save us. Walmart will not save us. Target will not save us. You know, Trump paraded these executives around from Target and Walmart and CVS and Quest Diagnostics and all this. No, the private sector will not save us. If you are a neoliberal Barack Obama supporter, if you are a Warren technocrat watching, these public-private partnerships will not be adequate enough to stop the transmission of this disease, and they certainly are not adequate enough to make sure people do not, uh, you know, uh, you know, get evicted from their apartments if they can't afford the rent. They are not adequate enough to make sure the majority of Americans have paid paid uh, sick leave during this catastrophe. Nancy Pelosi and the Republic and Trump's deal, as the New York Times reported, literally only covers twenty percent of workers to get paid sick leave. It's a joke. So I want to play this clip. This is Dr. Anthony Fauci, the supposed, uh, you know, best infectious disease expert uh, in America. This is what he had to say uh, uh, on Meet the Press this morning. And joining me now is a very familiar face these days in this crisis. It's Dr. Anthony Fauci, the head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Dr. Fauci, welcome back to Meet the Press. Good to be with you, Chuck. Uh, let me start with... Uh, the testing issue, and I, I started with there because I, I, I feel as if this is, we're on repeat. Right. Every week we're told, no, we're ramping up, and every week we don't ramp up. Yeah. Uh, that's the, why should we believe that this is the week that this is gonna work? Yeah, Chuck, I think the re reason is because we've really made somewhat of a sea change here before, I mean, obviously, early on, we weren't in the situation where we could actually get the test out on a broad way. And I mentioned on the show last week that we need to get the private sector involved. And just a couple of days ago, we had the CEOs there who are going to be now putting it on full overdrive. So I would expect that very soon, when I say soon, I'm talking about days to, days to a week, where yeah. you're gonna start to see it go up like this. Not everybody tomorrow is gonna be able to get a test, but pretty soon you're gonna see a major escalation of capability and implementation. I, I just wanna point out, and this is just one example, Steve Peoples, he's a, a reporter for the Associated Press, he shared his experience. I'm presenting mouth symptoms, headache, mouth fever, mouth cough. I want to get tested in North Jersey. Primary care tells me to go to ER. ER tells me to call city health department. Health department tells me to go to urgent care. Urgent care tells me to go to ER. And everybody says no test. Yeah, that's right. And you're going to hear about that even a little bit. You're going to hear individual ones. But as a group, it's going to change, Chuck. It really is. Because once you get the heavy hitters from industry and private sector involved, mm -hmm. they're going to be able to make it go. What's realistic about the spread of this virus right now? And we've had, you know, Governor Mike DeWine is going to be on the show later. He goes, well, yes, we only have 26 confirmed cases. But his scientific advisors assume there's 100. There might be 100,000 yeah. people right. with it in Ohio. First of all, Anthony Fauci. And this is what I talk about, the, the fetishizing of corporate America. Anthony Fauci tells you, don't worry about it. We put the CEO of CVS in front of the camera. We put the CEO of Walgreens in front of the camera. We put the CEO of Target in front of the microphone. Now that they're on the job, this thing's going into overdrive. We're going to have so many more tests it's going to be seamless. Anyone who wants to get tested is going to be able to get tested. No problem. Corporate America will save us. The private sector will save us. Excuse my French. Demonetized. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Dr. Anthony Fauci tells you two things that are complete bullshit. But this is because of the fetishizing of corporate America, because corporate America has bought Donald Trump, has bought Joe Biden, has bought Nancy Pelosi, and has bought all the adults in the room. And they're all being exposed because the response to this is completely inadequate, not just to protect public health, but to protect people's economic livelihoods 
and make sure that they could afford to eat and live and and particularly the homeless where, where what are the homeless supposed to do this is an airborne illness and they're still sleeping on the streets the thing that troubles me do i think bernie sanders just the just the act of him saying my friend joe is, is that why he's losing no that's not why he's losing the thing the reason joe by uh, bernie sanders is losing and there's several reasons many that are out of his control which we've talked about here the media rigging the election the manufacturing consent the media refusing to report on joe biden's lies could you imagine if the media would report as much on joe biden's civil rights lies uh, as they report on the bernie bros which a new report just came out by the way showing there it's a myth the bernie bros it, it, it's not even a thing that they've been pushing i'm not saying joe biden would have lost south carolina but can you imagine if the voters particularly black voters in South Carolina, in Mississippi, in Alabama, in Arkansas, in Tennessee, all across the South, we're told that Joe Biden was lying about being arrested in South Africa on his way to meet Nelson Mandela, was told the true extent of how Joe Biden worked with arch segregationists uh, in the 1970s to, dep- to stop busing from happening. We're told that Joe Biden has publicly in black churches lied about joining in in civil rights sit-ins. Yes, black voters, particularly older black voters, are more conservative. It might frustrate us, but put yourself in a black person's shoes for a second. I understand why they are more conservative. I understand why a lot of them are naturally predisposed to be against a uh, message of revolution and political revolution. They have been lied to for 400 years in this country. There has been empty promises for 400 years to black people. Black people are, are, their minds work, particularly older black Americans. Their minds work to not trust the government and to take whatever help you could get. Not expect more, not expect Uh, the message of Bernie to actually come fruition because they've been lied to by politicians for their entire existence. So I could get why older African-Americans are, just by nature, tend to be a little bit more pragmatic, a little bit more conservative, but a lie is a lie. And most black people do not lie, do not like white people lying about, you know, sticking up for black people, lying about "Eh, being arrested on my way to meet Nelson Mandela. And Nelson thanked me for being arrested. Don't like somebody uh, literally lying to black people in churches about, I joined in in civil rights sit-ins. None of that was reported, and I think that would have damaged Biden. Uh, I think that would have Biden, um, damaged Biden significantly. Bernie Sanders, somebody needs to get in his head and be like, no, Biden, maybe he's not Trump. Maybe he's not that consciously racist. Maybe he's not that consciously of an authoritarian. But Biden is dangerous. Biden as president is dangerous for the very people, Bernie, Bernie, you champion. Joe Biden as president, we will still be perpetually bombing nine countries. The people who right now are rationing insulin will still be rationing insulin. The people who right now are working two to three jobs, they're not getting any relief. So you got to stop because Joe Biden like asked you out for dinner as a senator and was nice to you. That's all good and well. That doesn't mean Joe Biden isn't a neoliberal corporate servant. That's what he is. And you need to start treating him as such. And this whole notion, by the way, this whole notion in a long, long sea of gaslighting. Okay. This whole notion that Bernie, you can't go crazy on on uh, Biden because it's going to harm him if he wins the nomination against Trump. You don't want to give Trump and the Republicans any ideas. Are you kidding me? Do you think the Republican Party and the Republican National Committee, which, by the way, has over $200 million sitting there waiting for Joe Biden, do you think the Republican Party needs Bernie Sanders or Bernie Sanders campaign or um, or progressives on Twitter to give them any ideas on negative ads to put against Joe Biden? Let me tell you something, how politics works. There are already ads that have been cut uh, from Republicans, and they are going to hammer Joe Biden 
on his lies about being arrested in apartheid South Africa, on his lies about you know being on the front lines of civil rights sit-ins, on palling around with uh, Strom Thurmond and giving uh, a avowed segregationist and giving his giving his the eulogy at his funeral of literally working with segregationist senators to stop busing in the 1970s on on you know him plagiarizing in in the 1980s while he ran for president there is so many lies that the democratic party that msnbc that cnn that bernie sanders has not not attacked him on the rnc and donald trump don't need bernie sanders to give them ideas they already have it prepared not just that and i'm going to play you uh jen uh, highlighted this to me and it's actually scary you think the RNC and the Democrat, the RNC and Donald Trump aren't going to be littering the airwaves with ads of uh, Joe Biden forgetting the Declaration of Independence, forgetting the name of Barack Obama multiple times, forgetting what day it is, forgetting where he is, stumbling all over the place? As we've been reporting for six months to a year here, we're not doctors, but this is clearly not a stuttering problem. If Joe Biden had a stuttering problem, he was talking just fine in 2008. He was talking just fine in 2012. He was talking just fine in 2016. He was talking just fine in 2018 when he was publicly going on the road uh, speaking for uh, candidates running for midterm elections that asked him to come out. He wasn't having these issues then. I had a childhood stutter. I got over it. I mean, I'm 33. I'm not 77 like Biden, but there's a difference between having a stutter and forgetting Dates, decades. You know, he gave a speech. He was talking last week. He confused. He thought he was. He said he was vice president in 1976. I don't say this to mock Joe Biden. If Bernie Sanders is so, if he thinks Donald Trump is an existential threat to the country, if he thinks we need, no matter what, even if it's with a candidate that I think is a corporatist pig, we need to defeat Donald Trump, and as such, I'm going to support the nominee. Well, Bernie. Do you not see it as a threat to put somebody up against Trump on that debate stage in October, September and October, three debates that can't construct full sentences right now? Do you think it's the safe choice? You don't think it's a glaring like alarm bells going off here that you literally have somebody whose campaign is hiding him? You don't think it's a problem when in this in this corona environment we are in now where campaigns could only all they could do is live streams uh teletown halls that joe biden during a live stream literally at one point it, it seemed like he didn't realize he was still on and walked away i mean this is dangerous that and frankly bernie sanders the democratic party will freak out cnn will freak out msnbc will freak out bernie sanders should bring it up he doesn't need to say I think my friend Joe here has X cognitive disease, but why are you not making Joe Biden, why are you not putting Joe Biden on the defense? Why are you not attacking this man? He's not your friend. He and his Democratic Party allies have been at the forefront of toxic, regressive, neoliberal policies that have hurt the working people you champion. That's who Joe Biden is. So this diplomacy of yours has not helped the matters. It's not the only reason he's losing, but it's part of it. It's part of it. What I think is wrong is the former president of the United States, Barack Obama, behind closed doors playing puppet master and literally within three days getting Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar to drop out and endorse Bernie Sanders, Clear, uh, excuse me, Joe Biden. Clearly there was agreements made Positions offered. Amy Klobuchar had a Freudian slip. Oh, you know, I look forward to joining the ticket. She was probably already offered vice president, uh, vice president to Joe Biden, which judging by Joe Biden and the what he's exhibiting means Amy Klobuchar would be your shadow president if Joe Biden becomes president. Uh, I think there's something wrong with the former president literally and the Democratic Party literally rigging an election in three days to uh, get Buttigieg out, to get Klobuchar out, to get Better O'Rourke out of witness protection program uh, and endorse uh, Biden, which I think helped him in Texas. By the way, do you think for a second Elizabeth Warren choosing not to 
endorse Bernie Sanders? You don't think that was influenced by Barack Obama or the Democratic Party? So all of this stacking of the deck, yes, rigging, hurt Bernie Sanders. It, Bernie Sanders, remember, three weeks ago, he was on 60 Minutes as the front runner. Three weeks ago, Joe Biden was politically dead. So this, it's like Wall Street speculation, this artificial because Bernie Sanders' campaign, yes, they made mistakes, but they were also running for a year and a half against, you know, 10 to 20 candidates. When it changes in a drop of the hat to one candidate, it makes a big difference. And it's hard to adjust your strategy in the span of five days. And by the way, when you look at Super Tuesday, in state after state after state, a lot of most people decided within the last few days. You don't think it played a part that all of these people dropped out? that the media was like literally cheering like Santa Claus just came down the chimney. You know, rah, rah, Joe. That's why it matters. By the way, James Clyburn endorsing Biden. To what, what the hell was wrong with it? Well, James Clyburn is a prominent black man in South Carolina. I have a problem with a prominent black man in South Carolina endorsing a man that who's lying about his civil rights records, who's exploiting the black struggle for political gain. Is James Clyburn not aware of Joe Biden's lies or does he just not care? So yes, I have a problem with that. Do I think Joe Biden is better than Donald Trump on the margins? Yes, I do. But do I think just voting for someone who's slightly less shitty than Donald Trump is going gonna, is gonna to protect workers in this country? Is going to stop the climate crisis from expediting? No, I don't. Michael Moore uh, has a podcast. I'd love to get on, Michael, if you're listening. And Michael Moore uh, just did a podcast where he spoke about Democratic Party officials and Democratic Party insiders that he's been speaking to uh, over the last week or so. And the fact that, well, all of them that are, tell, you know, criticizing progressives for daring bring up Joe Biden's mental state. Well, they're not they're not saying that behind closed doors. Let's take a listen. With people that don't necessarily share my politics in the Democratic Party, but are good enough people that they were willing to confide their concerns and their fears to me. And I want to share some of that right now. Over these past 10 days, there is not one longtime Democrat, well-known Democrat, party functionary that I've spoken to that has not, off the record, admitted to me that there is a problem with Joe Biden. And when they say that, they are primarily speaking about something something has happened or something is wrong. What they what they describe to me as cognitive decline. I mean, I guess there's many ways to describe it. We all know it because we all have parents or grandparents or great grandparents. We've all seen it. It it starts to worry us it starts to concern us but it's not all the time and so it looks like you know things are still okay and and we're we're decent people and we want our elders to live a long life and a happy life and have access to everything in life that they should have and they shouldn't be denied it because simply because they've gotten old so it's it's why i think it's difficult for some people to discuss this but we're talking about the fate of the country at this moment here. That's all I'm talking about. We're talking about beating down Donald Trump, not Donald Trump crushing our candidate. And every person I have spoken to in these 10 days has agreed that there's a problem. Some of them have even gone so far as to describe to me um, the measures that they know from speaking to the Biden campaign or people close to the campaign. Measures are being taken. I keep being told this. Measures, don't worry, measures are being, what do you mean by measures? What measures can you do? Somebody is in decline, they're in decline. I mean, I don't know of a way to reverse that, but what what, what, what are you saying? And then they start to describe to me things like, um, well, first of all, we're suggesting that he name his vice presidential nominee now or very soon um tell the public who he's chosen tell her name it'll be a woman 
And but it's it's going to be a very smart woman, a younger woman, a capable brainiac woman, somebody that when people if they if if he does mess up between now and the convention or now in the election, and it's enough for people to rationalize or say to themselves, it's okay. Look, look who's the VP. You know, if this goes further, it gets worse or whatever. Look at the VP. Oh my God, she's incredible. So that was uh, just some of Michael Moore's uh, podcast. But what Michael Moore is describing is the political version of what I have personally seen. I don't, I don't know if Jen has personally seen it. I have seen this journalistically on the road where you have journalists. I have heard, you know, when we go to cover events for you, funded by you, by the way, statuscoup.com slash join, I have gone, you know, when you go to the... Uh, events, the rallies to cover these campaign events. As a journalist, you go into the press section. It's usually in the back of the area. There's a there's a riser where press uh, and cameramen and women uh, stand so that they could get the shot uh, of the speeches. Uh, but right next to it, there's also an area where journalists, you know, sit with their laptops and they're tweeting and they're writing their stories, whatever. I have personally overheard more than once journalists talking about Joe Biden's cognitive decline. And by the way, they weren't using the term cognitive decline. I'm not going to say what they were talking, the phrases they're using, because it's irresponsible. I'm not a doctor. I'm not diagnosing with, I don't want to diagnose Joe Biden with anything. Even my progressive friends who have been saying he's got dementia and these things. Listen, I think that's a little much. Uh, We don't know what he has. And this isn't about mocking Joe Biden. I wish him well health-wise. I don't want him to be president. And I just, as a journalist, I'm not going to be speculating what he has. But he clearly has something. This, it doesn't take a doctor to notice that there's something very off cognitively here with Joe Biden. And I have heard other journalists, and I'm talking from large outlets, including the Washington Post, talking amongst themselves. Like, this guy's, this guy's got X, Y, and Z. Yet they won't dare write a story about it. They won't dare talk, you know, talk about it on CNN or MSNBC. It, it's this open secret that they will not dare mention. Can you imagine? Can you imagine for one second if Bernie Sanders on stage confused his wife with his sister, which Joe Biden did? Can you imagine if Bernie Sanders told his voters to vote on Super Thursday? Can you imagine if Bernie Sanders, like, forgot Barack Obama's name multiple times? No, Bernie doesn't have a sister. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine if Bernie Sanders uh, read, you know, was reciting phrases from the Declaration of Independence and was like, uh, I hold these truths to be self evident, blah, 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 you know the thing? Not only. With the dearly departed Chris Matthews, who had to resign because he's a pig, from MSNBC, not only would Chris Matthews and Jennifer Rubin and, you know, uh, Chris Cuomo and Morning Joe and all these people, they would be having an absolute coordinated coronary if Bernie Sanders exhibited any of these symptoms, any of these phrases. Not only would they call for him to drop out, they would call for an immediate quarantine of Bernie Sanders. I'm not trying to be funny because obviously there's quarantines going on. They would call for Bernie to be put in a home immediately. But Joe Biden, journalists, they'll only chatter about it amongst themselves in the back at bars. Politicians, oh, they'll tell Michael Moore off the record. Insiders in the Democratic Party, they'll talk to Michael Moore, you know, not, not for attribution, not to go on the record. Yes, something's clearly wrong here. And why this is so dangerous. And I even said, I said this weeks ago, we're not saying this is not about elevating Bernie Sanders. I have, ne- I have said, get Joe Biden to a home. You, that doesn't mean give the nomination to Bernie. I know you would like that, but... Throw Pete back out there. Throw Amy back out there. Throw Kamala out there. Corey, whoever. Fill Biden's slot with another neoliberal fraud. And let Bernie compete with them. 
but you are literally throwing somebody out there who you could call it what you want, stutter, cognitive decline, something more. Literally, Donald Trump is going to savage Joe Biden. And, you know, I was having a discussion with, I don't want to say who, with somebody yesterday who is, you know, kind of your typical MSNBC viewer, older, well-educated, makes a decent income. Know what I'm talking about? Great guy. Uh, And there's, you know, most of these people that watch, they're not bad people. They're just, you know, misinformed. It It goes for people who watch CNN too. And there's this mentality, and I've heard it not just from this person, but many other people. Oh, but Trump has, you know, Trump, look at Trump speak. Look at Trump. He could barely string together words and sentences. Who cares? You know, Biden's going to crush Trump. Say what you want about Donald Trump. He's certainly no William Shakespeare in writing or, or the way he speaks. I personally have not seen Donald Trump yet. Uh, stumble through full sentences. I have not seen Donald Trump confuse who people are. I haven't seen Donald Trump switching up decades. I haven't seen Donald Trump forgetting where he is. It might happen. But I have not seen Donald Trump exhibiting the sheer loss of memory, uh, losing his train of thought uh, to the level of Joe Biden. So if you, as a, as a you know, card-carrying Democratic Party member, if you're banking on, well, Biden might have something, but Trump does too, so it'll cancel each other out. Here's the box of tissues on November 6th, because you're going to need a lot of them. If you're banking on, well, Trump's got something too, so it really doesn't matter if Biden's what he has. I believe, based on what we're seeing, that Elizabeth Warren is going to endorse Joe Biden. Uh, If you saw this yesterday, uh, Joe Biden has come out and endorsed Elizabeth Warren's bankruptcy proposals, and her bankruptcy proposals were basically to undo Joe Biden's bankruptcy bill. Um, As this tweet says, this is a pretty sudden reversal. When Warren introduced this proposal in January, the Biden campaign was still defending the 2005 bankruptcy law. Uh, A Warren aide says Team Biden gave them a heads up. He would endorse the proposal and the two teams have been in touch on the issue. So I think that from everything we're seeing here, from everything we're seeing here, Elizabeth Warren uh, there's no reason that Joe Biden would be endorsing her bankruptcy plan unless Joe Biden is actively trying to get her endorsement. Joe Biden probably thinks that getting Elizabeth Warren's endorsement could help him put the you know final nail on Bernie's coffin, right? Uh, I think, uh, I mean, I don't need to report anything you don't know. Obviously, Elizabeth Warren is politically dead to progressives, uh, but I just think it shows even more so Elizabeth Warren is a perfect case study on not, ha- not only how Washington corrupts, but how Washington makes formerly principled people delusional. And I'll tell you why. Elizabeth Warren, in her mind, I can't get in her mind, but this is just my opinion, uh, why I think she's doing all this. I don't honestly think it's just because she's pissed off at, you know, Bernie bros or that Bernie was mean to her, or Bernie said something to her. I don't think it's only that. I think Elizabeth Warren comes from the political school of thought that a lot of other uh, formerly progressive people that started becoming more and more corrupt and neoliberal come from, that if I make deals with the establishment, if I make deals with people like Biden, who I don't agree with, who I think are distasteful, but if I make deals with these folks and I sell out just a little bit, well, that's how I'll actually be able to get the policies that I believe in passed because, you know, you need leverage against the Joe Bidens of the world. So if you give them, if you give them a little bit, then they'll give you what you want. And I think these mini rationalizations that people like Elizabeth Warren make that it's better for me to endorse Biden, even though he's totally against everything I claim to believe in, it's better for me to... Uh, endorse Biden 
Because that way, when he's president, I'll have influence over his administration. Maybe I won't get a position, but I'll have influence over their policymaking. And I'll have influence to where I could make him, I could steer him away from appointing the Lloyd Lloyd Blankfines of the world and the Jamie Dimons of the world to his cabinet. And I'll have influence, you know, to make sure when they pass legislation, it's more progressive. If Elizabeth Warren actually believes that Joe Biden would give her a parking pass in the White House, much less let her influence who he appoints to his cabinet or let her influence legislation he tries to push, that she is absolutely delusional. Absolutely delusional. I give you the Clintons. I give you Pelosi, Durbin, all these people. The neoliberal Democratic Party is famous for telling progressives whatever they need to be told to get their support and then selling them out once in office. Joe Biden could say he supports your little bankruptcy proposal now to get you, hoodwink you into endorsing him. Joe Biden's not going to propose or push a bankruptcy proposal that's tilted on the side of working people. That's not going to happen. You know, Joe Biden could tell you right now that he's going to be more, go further to the left on universal, you know, universal pre-K and these things. He's going to abandon it once he gets your endorsement and once he becomes president. You want to know why? Because it's not Joe Biden making the decisions. It's not the president of the United States making the decisions. In this corrupt system, it is the donors making the, making the decisions. That is why you get neoliberal cake for, the, cake for the bourgeoisie, crumbs for the rest of us. The donors that Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Trump, McConnell, all of them depend on, they decide what gets passed or not passed. They decide how far left proposals will go. So I just think Warren, besides not having any conviction, is delusional. Is delusional. I want to show you, because this was really remarkable, uh, I want to show you a video of an Arizona election official. And a lot of people have kind of theories about what exactly, why this Arizona official broke down the way he did. But this is uh, election day director of Maricopa County. Maricopa County, if you haven't been paying attention, uh, Maricopa County has shut down, is eliminating over a third of their voting locations. So uh, Maricopa County in Arizona, which has 4.4 million people living there, has eliminated a third of voting locations. So now for 4.4 million, they'll only have 151 polling locations open on Tuesday if the primary goes forward. So this was the uh, election day director with Maricopa County trying to explain all of this and, I mean, he clearly, clearly was either, either having an attack of consciousness, is wildly stressed out, or something, because he was really having a rough time while trying to communicate about the, the closings of these poll stations. Let's take a look. I just want to let everyone know that uh, we've been working very diligently the last several months to implement the Board of Supervisors approved Election Day and Emergency Voting Plan. Uh, and that, but in the last several weeks, there have been some issues with us being able to identify enough supplies, whether those be cleaning supplies. And then we also had some polling locations fall out um, over the last few weeks. So last night with the board, we made some, uh, the board made a decisive action to approve a plan and give me the direction to be able to reduce the number of voting locations that we would then be able to provide those voters and those voting locations with the supplies they need, those cleaning supplies, those sanitation supplies that we can then disinfect those high touch surfaces in those polling locations. So those voters, if they wanted to vote in person, they'd be able to have that, uh, that polling location be available to them and then our poll workers would be able to make sure that all those high touch surfaces were cleaned. So. What this plan does is that we had 229 polling locations available um, prior to the plan. And then after the, the board's vote, I went and performed an analysis to make sure that all those voters had uh, 151 vote anywhere vote centers. 
this now we are taking this from those voters had 41 voting locations before these 151 now they have um, 50 151 vote locations that they can choose from and then with that um, we're also going to be um, providing uh, those voters with uh, uh, the options and the ability to uh, I'm sorry I can't do this yeah nothing to see here nothing to see here uh, I mean say what you want um, some people have a theory that that election uh, supervisor in Maricopa County had a attack of consciousness because this is clear voter suppression, election fraud. Some people think it was related to is an attack of consciousness because election officials in Arizona, Maricopa County are putting voters at risk. Whichever way you slice it, whether he is having an attack of consciousness because this is obviously going to suppress the vote in Arizona, uh, particularly Arizona has a lot of Latinos, which will be impacted. When you close this many polling places, it makes it a much further drive to find the polling location. And a lot of people then don't vote, don't go uh, drive that distance. Uh, it is incredibly hard also to figure out where the polling location has been moved to in a lot of these places. Uh, when I was on the ground in South Carolina, uh, polling locations were changed at the last minute within a few days of the South Carolina primary. And when people went to the polling locations that they normally went to, it said this polling location has been moved and it didn't even give the new location. So I think, um, listen, I can't get in his head. I don't know. What is causing him that obvious stress? It's either that he sees like, oh, we're rigging this thing here and I can't stand here ethically uh, as, as, as a person with, if he, if he has a conscious, I can't stand here with a clear conscious and say this is all dandy because this is obvious voter suppression closing all these polling places. 4.4 million people, 4.4 million people live in Maricopa County. In Arizona, it's one of the biggest counties in America, and they're closing a third of the locations. 151 polling locations for 4.4 million. Speaking of people during a deadly pandemic being close to each other, you're going to have crazy long lines just in that county because of all these polling locations that have been closed. So I have no idea what which, which is it. Is he standing there? Obviously, morally, having a have a hard time morally um, to to condone closing all these polling locations because of the clearly uh, suppressive impact, or is it that he can't stand there and say everything's fine? Let's go on and hold these elections when there's a guilt, then there's a virus going around. It's probably a mix of both, to tell you the truth. It's probably a mix of both. And what was even more egregious there is this guy having, a, having an attack of consciousness. And then the guy who replaced him basically like, oh, you know, we live in an ever-changing society and all will be fine. All will not be fine. You should not have people standing on a line with each other. You know, the... Uh, <laughs> They might not be touching each other, but just being in close distance with one another could, could transmit coronavirus. It's insane. And what I was saying before the live stream went down, um, do you really think, do you really think if the roles were reversed and Bernie Sanders was up by 100 pledged delegates over over Joe Biden and the next four states coming in two days during a pandemic were not looking so hot for Joe Biden. Bernie Sanders was up by 40 points in Florida, which some of these polls show right now. Bernie Sanders was up in Illinois. Bernie Sanders was up in Ohio. Bernie Sanders is up in Arizona. Do you really, really think that the Democratic National Committee and the Democratic Party would be saying, 
All systems go. Let's hold these primaries. Do you really think that the Democratic Party would be endangering the lives of voters by keeping these four primaries on schedule on March 17th when they could easily just move them to May with all these other primaries? Of course, if Bernie Sanders was in the lead, of course, if the next four states looked like they would not go well for Joe Biden, they would be, they would be saying we need to pause all elections right now. We don't want to put people at risk. But because Joe Biden is in the lead, call me, I have a P-tape. <laughs> uh, because Joe Biden is in the lead, because the next four states, frankly, is looking good for Joe Biden, they are willing, they are willing to put the voters at risk to basically just end this thing for Joe Biden. That is sociopathic. Is Tom Perez and the Democratic National Committee smarter than the Center for Control, the Center for Disease Control? Are they smarter than, you know, Health and Human Services? Are they smarter than like governors and mayors? Do they know something about coronavirus and health that the people saying stay in your home don't know? Because the election officials from Maricopa County and Ohio and uh, Florida and Illinois, they're following the lead. They're following the lead of the DNC. They're following the lead of the DNC. Where is Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer? They should be saying, no, we should not be having these elections. And by the way, Bernie Sanders can't publicly say that. He would be hammered for publicly saying that because they would be making it seem that he doesn't want to have these elections because he knows he's going to lose. He's in a no-win position. If he says we should postpone these elections, it's the responsible thing to do. But they would pin him as trying to prevent democracy, trying to stop Joe Biden's momentum. So Bernie Sanders can't publicly say that because they would hammer him. How f***ed up is that? Excuse my French. That the DNC, all the Democratic insiders, they know something's not well in Joe Biden's head. And they are literally willing to risk the voters during a pandemic. To just end this thing. We got to put Bernie out of, out of his misery. We got to end his campaign. Even if it means putting forward a, a whatever you want to call it, patient against Donald Trump. Somebody cognitively not all there. Let's just end it now. Let Biden nap, rest up. Let him name his vice president early and maybe that will help cover his mental cognitive deficiencies. I've never seen something more irresponsible in my life. And you want to know something? Literally. I'm not dramatizing this. Literally. If the Ohio primary, Florida primary, Illinois primary, Arizona primary go on as scheduled on Tuesday, do not be surprised when there is an increase, an uptick in uh, people contracting coronavirus in those states. And who will be responsible for that? Not Donald Trump. It'll be the Democratic Party, the DNC. Joe Biden is not leading on this, saying we should postpone this. This is literally playing with corona fire. Kudos to Joe. His brain didn't malfunction that much. Uh, There was no epic fail this time. He did uh, say SARS instead of coronavirus about four times. He did confuse Ebola with the coronavirus. In fairness, Bernie Sanders said Ebola instead of corona uh, by accident. Well, ironically, none of these corporate journalists dare ever tweet out when Joe Biden gaffes. When, when Bernie Sanders mistakenly said Ebola instead of the coronavirus, they all immediately pounced on it on Twitter. Interesting double standard there. They don't, they never ever will point out that Joe Biden is forgetting President Obama's name, is forgetting what day it is, is forgetting where he is, is forgetting whole sections of the Declaration of, uh, uh, Declaration of Independence. You know, when he said, you know, the thing is telling his voters to vote on Super Thursday, is confusing his wife and sister. I mean, I could go on. They will never, ever bring this up. But Bernie Sanders makes one error. They're all over it on Twitter, which I pointed out. What's unbelievable Joe Biden lied that he never called for cutting Social Security. 
on the debate stage. He lied about, I, I, didn't, I wasn't in support of the bankruptcy bill. He literally helped write the bankruptcy bill. He lied about the Iraq war. He says, when challenged about fracking, he literally says, and I quote, so am I. So am I. Talking about he's against fracking. What? What? I think I liked the Joe Biden before a little bit better who was just totally for these regressive policies and stood by them. Now he's moonwalking and lying about not being for these policies. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Joe Biden in September of last year said, I am not for banning fracking. I am not for banning fracking. On the debate stage tonight, so am I. I'm for a ban on fracking. And, and, and it, I mean, okay, we're going with the list. He lied about his record on calling for Social Security cuts. He lied about writing the bankruptcy bill. He lied about his vote on the Iraq war. He lied about banning frack or being for a ban on fracking. He lied about supporting and voting for the Hyde Amendment many, many times. And of course, because we don't actually have real journalists in this country, we have public relations professionals, essentially super PACs, and CNN that stood there and let him lie like that. And you want to know something? Honestly, I'm just going to be honest. For the, per for the first half hour of this debate, for the first half hour of this debate, Bernie Sanders was either asleep at the switch or I, I don't know what Ber Bernie Sanders was doing for the first half hour of the debate. Uh, it was, he, he barely went at Joe Biden. Possibly his campaign had a strategy on the particular topic of the coronavirus to not go directly at Biden because it could be viewed at as trying to politicize the crisis. If that's the case, then you got bad advice because coronavirus was the exact thing he should have went after Joe Biden for. Not saying that Joe Biden caused it, but pointing out that the very deficiencies, the very disasters that are being revealed in this crisis, in this pandemic, the very holes in our system, the very evil, uh, immoral deficiencies of our system, the very for-profit for um, evil of our system that is being revealed because of the, uh, corp uh, the coronavirus, the fact that we don't have paid sick leave as a country, the fact that you literally could still be evicted. You, you could be evicted during this crisis. The fact that homeless people who are very much uh, at risk of both con contracting the virus and giving it off, where are they gonna go? That was the opportunity, the first half hour where the most eyeballs were probably watching to go at Joe Biden to say, if you were President Joe, Joe maybe it would be a little bit better than the disaster of, Trump, of the way Trump is handling this, but the same problems would exist. The same people would be, uh, that are feeling symptoms might not go to the doctor because they don't want to pay their massive deductible to get treatment, which they would still have under Biden care or whatever you want to call it. The same exact people who you want to say the test is going to be free? Well, is the treatment going to be free? Okay, you could provide free tests, but what if somebody gets coronavirus and needs to be hospitalized, needs IVs, needs medication, uh, observation, treatment, is going to be in the hospital for three, four days? Is Joe Biden's presidency going to pay for that? I was not convinced that Joe Biden would. And, and, and where, I think that, where I think that Bernie, and I'm just being honest with you. I know a lot of you don't like when I criticize Bernie, but I'm just going to keep it real. I also think he did a lot better towards, towards the middle of the debate, which I'm going to get into. What I think that... What, what Bernie Sanders did not get across, he kind of vaguely said it, but I don't think he said it with the gusto that it should have been said. Joe Biden was literally saying, we're in a national emergency. This is a national emergency. So as such, we are going to, there's going to be no uh, co-pays. Everything will be covered. That's when Joe, Bernie Sanders should have turned to him and say, hey, Joe, you don't think people rationing insulin is a national emergency? You don't think uh, hundred, uh, over 100,000 people dying because they can't afford health care is a national emergency? You don't think tens of millions of people being underinsured where they literally have health insurance but they cannot use it because they can't afford the co-pays, deductibles, and premiums? You don't think that's a national emergency? Why is it that you are willing to just, hey, 
we're waiving all the fees. We're, everything's going to be paid for from the government because we're in a, an emergency now. Yes, we're an emergency. Coronavirus is an emergency. You know what else is an emergency? People having to ration insulin. People having to ration antidepressants. People having to ration anxiety pills. People having to ration other life-saving pills, both physically and mental health medication. People, we are in an emergency. We've been in an emergency for 30 years in this country. And I think Joe, Bernie Sanders missed a very, very good opportunity to go at Joe Biden and just say, why is the coronavirus an emergency? Yes, I agree. While the coronavirus is an emergency, why are the daily life Americans are dealing with right now? Why is it that in the states you're winning, Joe Biden, Medicare for all is, has popular support, but you refuse, refuse to, to support it? Does it have anything to do with all the fundraisers you're doing with healthcare executives? So I think Bernie missed the big opportunity uh, in the first half hour of the debate. I think as it moved on, Bernie Sanders, uh, I think I personally would have went even harsher at him and more aggressively. But I think the fact that Bernie Sanders paused three times and said, and just put the onus on Joe Biden and said, wait a minute, I just want to get this on the record. You're saying you did not on the Senate floor call for Social Security cuts? Listen, uh, first of all, I said in my live stream earlier, I, don't, I think the primary should be postponed in all of these states Tuesday. I think even though right now it's Sunday, I think there's, an, I think there's a chance by tomorrow night it is, they are postponed. I, I don't understand how Joe Biden and frankly Bernie Sanders should have said this today. I don't understand how... They're, they are urging people to go stand in a line and vote in Ohio, Florida, Illinois, Arizona. You literally have governors of Ohio and, and uh, Illinois right now shutting down bars, shutting down restaurants, telling people not to be banning anything, any public event with more than 50 people. Well, how are you banning public events with more than 50 people, uh, closing down restaurants and, and bars? The only, only things that are staying open are restaurants uh, that you could get delivery from or pick up, but you can't actually go in and, and dine in a restaurant in Illinois and Ohio. That was just announced today. And also public events, more than 50 people canceled. I'm pretty sure going to the polls has more than 50 people. By the way, just keeping it real, Florida has a lot of older people who are most at risk for this. And frankly, if we're being real, Joe Biden's base is older people. So I think Joe Biden didn't show leadership. I would have liked for Bernie to say, I think they should be postponed. Frankly, if he did say they should be postponed, we all know he would have been hammered for saying that because they would have spun it and said, well, Bernie wants them to be postponed because he's going to get crushed in Florida and these other states. Well, Bernie, they're going to crush you either way. So you might as well do the right thing. They should be postponed. Bernie should have also called out Joe Biden, who literally tweeted out today saying, uh, you know, we can't, democracy can't be put on hold. If you're not feeling symptomatic, if you're, if you're feeling no symptoms, uh, you should go vote on Tuesday. Coronavirus, you don't, you, most of the people are asymptomatic who have it. You don't start feeling symptoms uh, in the mo- for the most part. You could, it could take four or five days before you start feeling symptoms. So Joe Biden... Dr. Biden here is literally urging people because you don't feel symptoms to go to the voting system. He could be literally, uh, he could be convincing a lot of people who are feeling fine, who have contracted, but don't feel it yet to go wait on the line and make other people sick. I actually think a lot of people watching are going to take a second look now at some of Joe Biden's things. I do think older people in particular who might've been watching might actually go to quote, the YouTube and check uh, Joe Biden on the Senate floor. A lot of them still won't be convinced, but I do think more people are actually going to research Joe Biden now because Bernie Sanders pivoted and actually put it on Biden to say not once, not twice, three times. uh, Are you saying you didn't do these things? Are you saying you didn't call to cut Social Security? The problem is I think it's coming a little bit too late. Uh, I'm live, so I'm not seeing how the pundits are reaction, but I'm almost positive the main focus for them is the headline. And Joe, that's why Joe Biden set, said it tonight to distract from the rest of his performance that he said, I'm going to pick a female vice president. I'm sure that's what all of them are going for. So that might also distract. Um, and I also think that Biden, to me, I'm not one, I'm not one for optics. I don't think they make a, a huge difference. 
To me, Biden came off extremely entitled throughout the debate, like he was bothered that he even had to stood, stand here and deal with this asshole Bernie Sanders. Just drop out already. It, it had a very Hillary uh, arrogance to it. I don't know if you noticed that, that when Ber- uh, Bernie was talking and making the case of him and Biden's face was visibly angry, you know, grimacing and like, Pshaw. He he seemed very bothered just to have to debate Bernie Sanders. I think that actually might turn a lot of people off. Uh, Will it change the course of the election? I don't know. Joe Biden has been, when they say it's not rigged, when they say the election is not rigged, when they say, Bernie Sanders, be careful, you're calling the establishment, you're saying the establishment, you're talking about black voters and this and that. Joe Biden, look how rigged it actually is. Literally, in the last month, literally four weeks ago, Bernie Sanders was on 60 Minutes as the frontrunner of the Democratic Party, uh, Democratic primary. We were heading into South Carolina where Bernie Sanders, with an upset, could have put it away. Because of that, Barack Obama, literally behind the scenes, just was the puppet master of all this. He got Amy to drop out after South Carolina. He got... Um, be- uh, Pete to drop out after South Carolina. He got Beto to come out of retirement, you know, while he was standing on bars and endorse Bur- uh, Biden in Texas, which did help Biden. Don't think that Elizabeth Warren choosing not to drop out before Super Tuesday. Don't think that Barack Obama and the Democratic Party didn't have anything to do with that. They wanted Elizabeth Warren to stay in the race because she was pulling votes away from Bernie Sanders, particularly in California, particularly in Massachusetts, Texas, and these other states. Elizabeth Warren staying in the race I'm not saying Obama demanded she do it, but the establishment and these corporate forces and the previous president had something to do with all this. All of this, um, I mean, what else would you call it other than all of this uh, molding and rigging and altering things hurt Bernie Sanders and helped Joe Biden. What do you call that? Is it the Russians interfering with our elections or is it the corporate establishment of the Democratic Party interfering with our elections? Now, now, what also plays a part is the lack of journalism in this country. Because do you think, I'm not saying Joe Biden would have lost South Carolina. Do you think it might have made a little difference if the corporate media would have informed particularly black voters in South, uh, South Carolina, particularly older black voters? Hey, Joe Biden. He didn't get arrested in uh, South, uh, South Africa on his way to meet Nelson Mandela. He didn't, in, he didn't participate in civil rights sit-ins. Oh, by the way, he was palling around with segregationist Strom Thurmond in the 1970s to stop busing. You think if African Americans knew any of this, it might have given them pause? And when you look at the exit polls of a lot of these states, voters decided day, two or three days before those primaries, particularly the, particularly those Super Tuesday states, they decided three or four days before. It did have something to do with the media and the establishment all stacking the deck for Joe Biden in those days between South Carolina and Super Tuesday. Things like tonight, if, if Jake Tapper had an ounce of integrity, which he does not, if Jake Tapper had an ounce of integrity, if Dana Bash had an ounce of integrity. I'm sorry, uh, no disrespect, I just don't remember the third moderator's name uh, from Univision. Could any one of them have said, um, actually, Vice President Biden, you did on the floor of the United States Senate call for cuts to Social Security. Uh, Actually, Vice President Biden, you did help write the bankruptcy bill. If journalists actually were, I don't know, call me radical, journalists, it is your job not to stand there as a mannequin. It is to point out when candidates for public office, particularly the most powerful position in the world, are lying. My closing thoughts, I think that Bernie did a good job tonight. I think the first half hour was about as bad of, as bad as a performance that I've ever seen from Bernie. I think he was basically MIA for the first half hour. I think he was po- going at Donald Trump more than he was Joe Biden. I don't know if his campaign had made a, a strategic decision not to go after Joe Biden in the discussion of the coronavirus. If that's the, decision, if that's the decision they made, it was the wrong decision. Sorry to tell you. That is the topic you should have gone after Joe Biden on. Um, after the discussion pivoted away from coronavirus, I think Bernie Sanders started to really bring it. We will see 
Seeing when Bernie Sanders started pivoting, just asking direct questions, Joe, you're saying you didn't do this. Um, to me, that was smart because not only is he putting the onus on Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders is putting the onus on the media to actually fact check Joe Biden. He's putting the onus on the Washington Post fact checker who tends to never actually fact check and just does propaganda. He's putting uh, the onus on PolitiFact. He's putting the onus on media outlets to actually dare call Joe Biden a liar, to actually dare point out that Joe Biden is lying. I don't believe the media will because the media is all puppets and a super PAC of Joe Biden. But at least Bernie Sanders got Joe Biden to lie on the record three times. There will be some media that is brave enough to point this out. Whether the people that Bernie Sanders needs to know that Joe Biden is lying consume these media outlets or not, we don't know. 